This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. I'd like to shout out the biggest villain I know. It's the person that talks during the movie. Oh, that Makes, guy sucks. I hate that guy. And guess what? It's often me. Oh, anyway, no. And you know what? If I could talk to that guy, I'd say, how do you sleep at night? That's what I would say to this scourge of a person. <laughs> but I know what the answer already. I know the answer. Mattress Firm. Mattress mm. Firm has quality mattresses at every price for your best rest. Yes, even those who don't deserve to rest, like that person who talks during the movie, even they can get the bed that will make it happen from Mattress Firm. See a lower price at another retailer? Mattress Firm will match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night, even if you're a bad person. Restrictions apply. See mattressfirm.com or stores for details. Hi, my name is Jason Siegel. And I feel very happy about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Check this out, choppers. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And uh, of course, no man is an island. No one can do this themselves. You started this by saying, check this out, choppers, like you were going to lay something amazing on us. And that was it. Oh, before I went on mic, I said, yeah. check this out, choppers. My favorite thing is to say, check this out, and then do a very mundane thing. <laughs> I think it's, I've, it's always made me laugh to be like walking up to an elevator and turn to someone I don't even know and go, check this out, and then hit the down button. <laughs> it, uh, it amuses me to no end. Yes. Probably nobody else. Nobody else. Um, but I am uh, excited you're both with me, as I always am. Yeah, I know. So this is nice. Sonam Obsession, Matt Gorley. Good to have you guys uh, here. It's nice and, to be here. You know, I um, there is something I want to bring up today, okay? And that is that um, the good news is I think people listen to the podcast because I've had a bunch of friends reach out to me. More than one, I'd say it's three friends have reached out to me independently of each other. And they've said, uh, I have a good doctor who could help you with your hearing loss. And I didn't know what they were talking about. And then I remembered we did the uh, shows in New York. And you remember there was a Q&A mm. at the end and a, uh, oh, a, young, yes. a young man stood up yeah. who was, I think, from Brooklyn, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he said, uh, I asked him what he did. And he said that he um, is someone who checks for hearing loss. And I said, oh, I should get checked out. I should come. And it was all, you know, we weren't, 
we were kind of joking around, but I just I was making conversation. Mm-hmm. And I've had a bunch of people reach out and say, you need to get your, uh, I have a good doctor for you because I realize that you're struggling with this hearing loss. Mm. And it, it's not true. I mean, I don't know that I am. I don't mm. think that I am. But I realized that it was a good way to get sympathy. Oh, the story took a weird turn. Well, I just realized that all I have to do on the podcast is come up with some kind of malady and then a lot of loving comes my way. No, now you're going to get friends texting you going, I I know a good therapist for you. You're a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so what's wrong with you now? You monster. Yeah, Yeah, what's wrong with you now? What's My nipples. Oh, Uh, My nipples are three times the size they used to be. Your nipples, not your areolas? Well, don't, can't we just call them nipples? No. Do guys, this was such the, a stupid question. The areola I'm not is the it. pancake area yeah. around the nipple. Yes. The areola is the pepperoni. The nipple is the little piece of kibble. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The areola. It yeah. grew? So they grew? Much larger. Uh-huh. They're the size uh, of hubcaps now. You're So they overlap? It's like a MasterCard logo? <laughs> it's like a yes. Venn diagram. Yeah, it's a Venn diagram. <laughs> 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 There's ha- one is happiness, the other's misery, and then when they come together is bliss. <laughs> and that's your sternum, right? Yeah, there that's in the my sternum. Where your yeah, heart yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I've got crazily enlarged. Oh. I'm just going to put that out there because I want to start. I don't even know who treats that, but I want to I'll see. I'll take care of it. I want to no, know. I want to see which listeners say, "Oh, I'm so worried about Conan's okay. crazily enlarged uh, hubcap areolas." Oh my god! You know, we'll find out, and then they'll because what I got from the. Um, uh, from my friends and from other people that I didn't even really know that well, they were saying, oh, this doctor, that doctor, there's a special kind of hearing aid you should use. Whoa. And I thought, wow, this is, we were just, I'm just making conversation with that young yeah. man. I, well, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you really think you don't need it? What do you mean? What was it? You are around me a lot. Maybe you do. My wife is always uh, getting annoyed that I can't hear her, but that could be just me tuning out my partner of 21 years. Yeah, it could be. Because I can't hear that yakking anymore. <laughs> to the moon, Alice! Straight to the moon! Uh, <sighs> so who knows? But um, maybe I do have to get it checked out. You but- never know. Like, what if you put on in a hearing aid and you're like, oh my God, new world. I could hear amazing. What if I put, I got a really good hearing aid and I put it in and I'm walking around and, and I just start, suddenly started to hear... That guy's an asshole. <laughs> don't worry, oh, he can't guy. hear it. Oh, He's deaf as yeah. yeah, don't worry. Yeah. And I just start to hear all this. Uh, guy peaked in 98. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you saying it. His best, it. Work, no. was, his, his, yeah, his best work was on The Simpsons. <laughs> Talk show was a complete waste of time. That's all I hear. <laughs> you get superhero hearing yeah. abilities, you think. Yeah, but all, <laughs> I, but all I'm hearing is my own negative inner voices. <laughs> he thinks the podcast goes out and never goes out. Yeah. <laughs> just, just do it for podcast is just something. Yeah, they're keeping them busy. Like, Have you seen the size of his nipples? My yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Here, that guy has giant flapjacks for nipples. Venn diagram, just like the MasterCard logo. <laughs> That's all I'm hearing. They should. They should make a hearing aid that turns up your inner voice. Oh, no. That's awful. I don't yeah. need that. Yeah. I get enough of me. I don't want really? to hear me. You seem yeah. like a very emotionally healthy person. Oh, no, no, no. You are. No. No, I think I hide it. I think you're, what do you think, Sona? I think that's a- I thought you were, yeah, I thought you I think you you're on too. an even keel. No, I really do. No, I'm, I'm more in league with like how you are. I, I have anxiety. You're that bad? Well, maybe not that bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's not get crazy here. No, that's <laughs> true. You were just like, uh, I've got the same problems as that guy. And you're gesturing to son of Sam. <laughs> I'm a little like that guy. You, son of Sam? Oh, 
I guess maybe not. No, I just sometimes get a little cranky. I'm more like nephew of Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, I don't see that with you. No, I, I well, I, I, you know, I got all my shares of anxiety too. I, I carry it with me like you do, but really? you know, I check it at the door cause I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just blather on about yeah. it. I'm a oh. couple of freaks. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, hey, take it easy. I just thought it would be the worst response. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean that. You know, I care about you too. No, you don't. (laughs) No kidding. I do. I do. I love you both. I do. I care about you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I want you both to feel good. Because we helped you get a new kitchen. That's right. What? That's all you see. Why are you bringing up my kitchen? Because right before the podcast, you were showing us, look at the new kitchen I got. And I thought, yeah, I bet I know what helped pay for that. Well, yeah, my job. Exactly. Yakking on the podcast. (laughs) Which is my job. It's not a job. You're here because you love us. You're... <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? What do you mean? Can it be Which both? Is it? No! I want Choose. it to be both. Pick a side. Pick one. Money. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> I just did it without Whoa. thinking. I mean, I love you guys, but the money keeps me coming back. I'm That's here nice because I'm a podcast artist. I you give are. all my money to charity. I do this for the love of the game. You know, oh. what, you know what I would say? You're not a podcaster. You're a pod crafter. <laughs> you oh. are a true artisan. Oh, my anxiety levels have peaked. You're a true artisan of this form. No, there's but no let's such get back thing. to yeah. me. Okay, uh, which is um, just putting it out there: uh, rapid hearing loss and uh, areolas. So, Imagine you took all the batter and made one pancake, <laughs> right? And then right. and then uh, put it's the whole pan. It's the whole pan, and then uh, you put a, you just dropped a little chiclet in the center. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with here. It's as if Dolly Parton was wearing a kind of bespeckled salmon-colored bra, oh. and you just took that bra and flattened it out over your chest. Oh, you like made that? Dolly Parton's boobs unlikable. <laughs> that's, impo- that's impossible. It is impossible. impossible. I don't know. You compared done. them to his areolas. I'm, and I love her boobs. And you guys, you made it bad. No, I don't think you're crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I do appreciate the kind words. Uh, I do think my hearing is fine. Yeah. So friends but, of the show, reach out with your nipple doctors. So Cohen which can doctor get help. even handles that? I don't know who that is. There's ear, no, nose, and throat. A gynecologist. Yeah. No. No? No, there's nipples, pits, and bits. <laughs> <laughs> NPBs? Yeah. I'm an NPB. What do you... What, Sir, what kind of doctor? I'm an MPP. What? Nipples, pits and pits bits. and bits. So stupid. Tits, pits and bits. <laughs> That's a T. Who's our guest today? Mother. Who? No, I'm not uh, going to do there. Which member? Are we you know, not usually, usually I'm wor- usually I'm worried that we've uh, because of our filthy uh, talk we've scared our guest away. Yeah. Not today. Not today. Very excited about our guest today. My guest today has starred in such movies as Forgetting Sarah Marshall, amazing classic. Uh, I love you, man, and the Muppets. He also played Marshall for nine seasons on the hit series, How I Met Your Mother. Now you can see him in the Apple TV Plus series, Shrinking. Very excited he's here today. He's a a true gentleman. Jason Siegel, welcome. I was upstairs. We're here at our uh, office complex. I'm going to make it sound bigger than it really is. Complex. It's huge. It's the building. No, 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 no. It's It's the old Howard Hughes aircraft company (laughs) that I purchased. Uh, It's well over 85,000 square feet. And um, it's like Stark Industries here. And, um, but I was upstairs and it's, I can hear everything. And I heard you show up and instantly felt everybody here in the building got very happy. You have a, people are happy to see you. You must find that a lot. 
Yeah, I, I, okay, I think there's a couple reasons. I've done a lot of things where I'm your best friend, mm -hmm. you know? Like yeah. for 10 years, I was your best friend on How I Met Your Mother, like yeah. in the house, and I've been Paul Rudd's best friend in movies like a thousand times. <laughs> so people feel relatable. I think also, uh, I have to personally work a little bit hard at happiness, like internally. Interesting. And so that manifests, I think, out outwardly. So it's a, a conscious choice you think that you're making every day to be a happy person. I wake up, I have to work like a little harder to get to zero. And then I like really? push, yeah, and then I push it a little past. You zero. know, it's interesting. It, it's the probably a lot of, a, a lot of people might say it's the last thing they would expect because you have, well, first of all, you brought, you brought a lot of people, a lot of happiness, uh, myself included. Thanks. I'm going to tell a personal story, which is when you were shooting uh, your Muppet movie, you did the sweetest thing. I think I ran into you somewhere on the Warner Brothers lot. No one had ever done this for me before. You said, hey, if you like, if you have any young kids, which I did, uh, come on by and watch me shoot a scene. Oh. And my kids were electrified and you couldn't have been nicer about it. Oh, cool. So you're a genuinely uh, nice person. So when I hear that you have to start a little below zero in the morning, it makes me... I wish that was not the case. I wish, you know, but oh. everyone has their semi-struggles. Everyone's got their stuff. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> mine's not bad by by any means, but I, like I found a note <laughs> from my uh, that I wrote to my parents when I was like five years old. They actually had it framed for me. I, I guess I've always been this way. It said uh, in like little kid chicken scroll, now I know that no one likes me. Oh. Hate Jason. <laughs> I, signed, I, I signed off real strong. I signed off. I signed off. Hate Jason. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, where was this coming from? Was this? I don't know. Was this some sort of weird emotional dysmorphia, or do you think kids really didn't like you? I, I, I assume emotional dysmorphia. The thing that's like moms get it so hard because at the top it said "Dear Mom and Dad," but then I crossed out "and Dad." Oh no. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, poor moms. Oh, no. <laughs> I like to side at the last minute, not dad's okay. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it so, uh, it's such an indictment when you find actual proof like that. I know. I My parents found a letter that I wrote when I was six that said, stop me before I kill again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, but, I, but it is, it is like, I remember uh, I kept journals uh, in the 70s when I was a really young kid and so much of it, as I recall, was was about how anxious I was and how yeah. nervous I was. And I didn't want to go to school tomorrow and please help it be okay. And just, and, and I look at it now and I think, what was that kid so anxious for? Yeah, yeah. I, I look back and wish I could have said like, it all it all works out okay. But I was also like 6'4 since I was 12. I was always just a little, things were just a little off. At least they, they felt that way. But you were a good athlete. You were you well, played basketball, right? Yeah, well, I idolized my brother, who's like a star athlete, mm -hmm. and so I set out to like try to impress him, and I became pretty good as a result. Right. Well, I just thought of something that's kind of funny um, about little kids writing stuff and the Muppets. Uh huh. Um, we can tie them together. When we, uh, I haven't thought about this in a long time. When we finished the Muppets, we did a test screening just for little kids. Oh, that's great! It was so cool. It was an audience filled with little kids. And then we had them fill out um, forms after about what they liked and didn't like. My character's name is Gary. And so they said, uh, uh, you know, what did you like about the movie? Muppets are fun, you know, just things like that. Mm -hmm. Songs are nice. What didn't you like about the movie? And one kid wrote, 
Gary's face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus it's oh, like so specific. <laughs> yeah. It's so specific. Oh. <laughs> well, what was that kid's face like? Yeah. yeah. Damn right. Yeah, That's exactly. right. Yeah, Actually, I know yeah. that kid. That's oh. a good looking kid. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was uh, real easy. It was a young Timothy Chalamet. He <laughs> <laughs> was at the screening. He was, he was like eight. Yeah. <laughs> and he's right. Compared to his face, that's right. Our faces suck. That's right. Well, no, now he's out of it. We right. can go after yeah. him. Yeah. Let's get him. That's uh, that's fantastic. It's the best. This is the best. You know, it is. Uh, yeah, you do have those moments where no matter what you achieve in this business, and you've achieved quite a bit, it doesn't matter. I've, I'm always reminded. There's something very humbling. We're all about five seconds away from being brought right back down to how totally. we felt about ourselves in third grade. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think I, I. One of the really important things I learned, and I learned it early, luckily, but it caused like a little, like a version of a breakdown. Was you? You're really indoctrinated to believe like these things are going to do it. Yes, and then if you're like crazy lucky enough to achieve the things. And you find out, oh, it doesn't do it. It's, it's like a scary moment, you know? Yeah, well, I have witnessed that with people time and time again. I've talked about this before, but I call it the revenge of the nerd syndrome where mm. people grow up and they think uh, if you're unpopular or you don't feel very good about yourself, the fantasy is I'm going to become famous and it's going to fix everything. And of course it doesn't. And then what you see sometimes is ra rage, which turns right. into depression. Yeah. Because rage turned inwards is depression. And that's what I, I, I think happens to a lot of people. And it's just scientific. It's they think, because I'm, I'm thinking about it, you had had so much success in your 20s and, in, you know, uh, really at an early age. Yeah. That uh, you probably came up against it, you start to get into your early 30s and you realize, well, wait a minute, I've been, I've made hit movies. Uh, I have, I think, done everything you can do in this medium. I'm star of a huge sitcom for years, nine years. Um, I I can say I want to make a, uh, bring back the Muppets and it happens. You have that ability and yet you realize something, I'm not thrilled. I think that I was like, making a mistake where I bracketed those things from real life. Like when this stuff is done and accomplished, I will then go live a great real life. Yeah. And But then you're doing this stuff every day for years and years and years. And then I started to realize, oh, I'm, I'm missing it. Like my friends are having brunch and kids and like all this stuff. And I'm like, I wrote another script, you know, like something, I, I'd missed something along the way. I think also like, the very thing that makes you able to do it might be the thing that kills you if you don't like take your um, foot off the throttle. Yep. Uh, there, especially if you felt awkward as a kid, there's a real like I will show them quality that is like really helpful motivation. Like watch this. I don't am I allowed to swear here? 
Yeah. Yeah, cool. You're actually encouraged. Okay, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but you're like, watch this, fuckers. Whoa, you know? language. Yeah, sorry. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, we I didn't, fucking were, knew it. Yeah, I not, knew this was a trick. <laughs> when Jason, I was, we didn't say the F-bomb. No. We meant like, I damn it, it. doggone it. it. I thought <laughs> you were going to swear like you were going to promise us. Yeah. Something. When I was wandering through these <laughs> endless oath. halls. I thought you were going to take yeah. an oath. <laughs> yes. I knew. it was going to be, I swear upon my heart. Damn it. On the 20-minute walk through this office, to the, I knew that this was coming. Through our research and development uh, it was facility, our laboratories. I knew it. I knew it. No, but like, uh, so, so a really interesting, I, I tend to note these things and try to remember them, but my best friend is a really smart guy, um, Irish guy. And um, for you to call us best friends is very new. <laughs> it's, it's really sweet. I meant it when I said that sure, thing at the uh -huh, beginning. Uh -huh. um, and I am Irish. Yeah. <laughs> but please continue. Yeah. I wrote something like seven years ago. And uh, and it never got made. And and you know how it goes. You know, it's like a parabola. Your mm -hmm. relationship to the business and things are nice at the moment. And and uh, I got a call. Maybe hey, maybe we can make that movie after all, right? And I was sitting with my friend. I have a really lovely house in an orchard in Ojai. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there, and um, and this thing came out of my mouth. I said, "Gosh, I hope, I hope I make this movie. That'll show them." And then my friend looked at me and he kind of like looked at the orange grove and he said, Jason, at this point in our lives, who is them? And it, it was a really important thing. They like shook something loose in Yes, me. yeah. Who's them anymore? Um, <laughs> and they don't care. Yeah. Right, right. Well, first of all, I know exactly who they are. Right. And <laughs> I am going to fucking show them. <laughs> Damn Chalamet. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, but what has he got that I don't got? He couldn't be more your opposite. <laughs> Timothy what are you talking about? In every we single opposite. We are both oh. very good-looking, <laughs> talented right. young actors. That's right. <laughs> young actors. We are. You're neither of I am things. a very <laughs> powerful actor in my 20s. <sighs> and for you to fucking say it. You know, we actually had a complete side note. Uh... Uh, a good friend of mine is uh, mm -hmm. uncle to uh, Mr. Timothy Chalamet. And wow. years ago, we were doing this uh, week of shows at Comic-Con. And my friend Rodman said, is it okay if I bring uh, my son and my nephew along? And I went, sure. And um, they came along. I don't even remember this. Son of, they came yeah. to our like rap party. Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, no one was talking to them. So I was yeah. chatting with them. And then I swear to God, he hits like a year later yep. or two years later. And I was telling people on our staff, Timothy Chalamet was at our rap party. And yeah. they were so enraged. And I said, I, I brought him around. I introduced <laughs> yeah. him to all of you. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, move along, twerp. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So young. He was so young. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, I think some of the people on our staff beat him. <laughs> oh, yeah, they had that's, cudgels. That's and they what just, we do. We I, beat people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was that kind of part. You know yeah. the parties where if you see someone who's young whack and em. doesn't belong there, you yeah, whack them. Get them. Yeah. So we, uh, we really beat the shit out of him. Yeah, we yeah. fucked him up. And then they were like, oh, you think he'll come back? <laughs> He used like, to be really good looking until you guys got old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he was really ugly in our beating. We oh, beat him. You into beat him into beauty. Yeah, oh, you beat uh, him with a pretty it. stick. Yeah, we yeah. sure did. Yeah. He owes his career to us. <laughs> our beat down at the rapper. He got party. radical plastic surgery after our beating, and the doctor took off the bandages and like, oh my god, I'm you're gorgeous. You're you gorgeous. Need to be in June. That's what the doctor said. <laughs> Thank you.
Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, (laughs) and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. I do think a lot of mental health is like doing sit-ups. You don't do them and then say, well, I cracked that. Right. I'm, you know, these abs are here for life. 
Um, and by the way, I'm just saying this as yeah. someone who's neither re- of us do setups. I don't neither do setups. of us. Neither just, of us have done a setup. I've just no, no. This morning I sat up in bed and thought I should start doing yeah. sit-ups. Yeah. And then I asked my wife to help me to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, no, but but I only say this as someone who's heard tell of these sit-ups. But I do think that uh, it is a practice. <laughs> you have to get into the practice yeah. of of saying, uh, because we all do that. There's a voice of, and, and I don't know what it is, but it's almost like there's this uh, yin yang part of your psyche. And there's another part that wants to say, um, wants to create these villains who don't believe in, in Jason Siegel. They don't think he's accomplished enough there's some part of you that wants to create them so you can say, really? Well, watch this. Totally. But it's, a, it's manufactured. Yeah, and I, I think like one of the things that was important for me was <clears throat> I, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and, uh, and then my job was here, and I didn't realize ever, I know this sounds naive, but I didn't, it, it never occurred to me I had a choice of where you live. Right. I was like, oh, I I'm, I'm, have to be in LA. And uh, I never quite felt at ease. And I moved away, finally. I finally moved away. I was walking down the street in this little town, and someone said, uh, hey, Jace, what are you up to? Because I had made friends. I was like, oh, I'm just going to the grocery store. I stopped because I realized that in L.A., when someone says, what are you up to, you're supposed to recite this like right. thing of relevance. Like, I've got a project set up here and this and that. And there, I'm going to the grocery store. That's what's happening. And right. I realized like I needed to be off campus a little bit. Yeah. It's like because if you... I mean, it is, uh, Los Angeles is a very self-conscious town. New York, Manhattan less so because so many people are making it in so many different ways that um, it's almost kind of a novelty if you're, when you're in show business in New York, it's it's a little bit more of an oddity. Mm. Whereas uh, here in Los Angeles, it's, it's what so many people do that if someone asks you, what are you up to? You have you think you have to say I've got a three picture deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you are just going to the grocery store, you have to say I'm going to the gr- I, at Ralph's. I have a three picture. Yeah. Deal. No kidding. No, <laughs> it's true. I have a three picture deal with Ralph's. With yeah. Ralph's. It's the Ralph's story. Yeah. Um, They're streaming now. Ralph's, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Everyone's getting into streaming. Everyone's into streaming. Yeah, yeah. IKEA Plus. is IKEA is streaming. <laughs> Ralph's. <laughs> Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> Deluxe Ralphs. Um, you know, it's interesting because I don't know if this is true, but I heard uh, uh, one of my favorite comedies uh, of the last, you know, whatever, 15 years uh, is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, I think it is such a perfect comedy. And I, I think many comedies come close or they can come, they get halfway there. That is so sweet and so nice and so funny every time I watch oh, it. Oh, thank you. And um, so my wife and I, that's one of our, like if that movie's on, we are watching it. Cool. Uh, and I like seeing you naked. Yes. Um, <laughs> that movie is really honest. I honestly, like, I think that that's why I wasn't trying to be funny, as crazy as that sounds. I got dumped while I was naked. And so I put that into a movie. Okay, this is what I want to ask you about because I've yeah. always heard that you wrote <laughs> You were 24, I think, when yeah. you wrote the screenplay and that you wrote it very quickly yeah. based on a real breakup. Is that true? Yeah. I, I uh, um, was dating somebody who was amazing. I'm mm-hmm. uh, like super in love. And um, 
they had to go away for a little while and they came back and uh, called me from the airport and said, uh, hey, can I come over? And as an adolescent young man, I thought that meant like we've been apart. I need to uh, have sex. Yeah. So, she, oh man, she arrived at the <laughs> house <laughs> and I had decided that the way to really like kick off this sex yeah. uh-huh. was that I, I was waiting on the couch totally naked like posed, like comedically. Pose, pose like a Botticelli, a woman in yeah. a Botticelli painting. Yeah. Or I was like, yes, like Burt Reynolds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going with Botticelli. Yeah, yes. Rubens. Yes. You go with your Burt yeah. Reynolds. But. I will every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I can remember, like, I'm remembering it viscerally now because, so she walked in and there I am laying and I said, uh, I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, we need to talk. And you are as vulnerable yeah. as any mammal can be. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm fairly confident that it's not the end of the sentences. We need to talk. This sex is going to be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so this like breakup starts and I'm naked. And the whole time I am, I think this is like maybe the problem. Uh, I'm thinking like, this is so funny. This is going to be amazing when I write it. As it's happening. As it's happening. Wow. You are thinking this is screenwriter's gold. It's, it was absurd. Like, it was absurd what was happening. And then a part that didn't make the movie, I wrote it in, but it was too long when we made it. Uh, I stopped in the breakup. And I said, I need to put on clothes. And she said, okay. And so I went into my bedroom. And then I spent like 25 minutes picking out an outfit. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm like taking shirts off and throwing them on the ground then trying pants on that don't quite fit right. And, and it comes out in a tux. I came out, I came, came out, out six times. I came out, it was pretty woman. I came out in a button up blue shirt and khaki oh pants. Oh, blockbuster. And then I said, I'm wearing your favorite outfit. Oh, yeah. Body blow after oh. body blow. Yeah. Man. And so there was that. And then simultaneously, like during that period, I, I am admittedly like a weird dude and I've loved puppets since I was young. And I was writing a Dracula puppet musical mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be like, this is, this will show them. Right. And um, <laughs> I remember going over, I finished, uh, I finished my first draft of this Dracula puppet musical. I recorded all the music by myself in my apartment. I'm sure it was really special. And I called Judd Apatow and I said, I have to show you something. And I went to his house and naked. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta stop doing that. It's yeah. not helping. Yeah. I played him the CD and he listened really patiently. And then he said, uh, you can't show this to anybody ever. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, yeah. And and then it just like stayed in in, you know, on the computer. And then years later when I wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I said, I'm ending it with this puppet musical, Judd. And he said, it's your movie. Do it. And uh, like everything about that movie is really authentic to who I was. I love the cast so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love everybody in the cast. And Mila, who I know uh, personally, she's such such a lovely person. She's a life force. And uh, she she's so fantastic in, in that film. But um, I have to tell you, every time I watch that, I want to see more of the musical. Yeah. Because the musical, I mean, the music is really good. And I always want to see more of the Dracula puppet movie and Van Helsing. And yeah. the, I mean, the whole thing is, 
I had a it's plan. Really fun. I had a plan recently. Remember when um, Lin Manuel Miranda released the like making of um, Hamilton? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a, like a kind of a mockumentary of the making of A Taste for Love that showed <laughs> Peter bringing it to Broadway and like all the behind the scenes. Maybe one day you should do that. Yeah, it'd be fun. That'd be fantastic. Uh, so you wrote that movie uh, very quickly, yeah. and how soon afterwards did it get made? Did a bunch of years go by, or no? Was it-, it got made the next year. Knocked up came out while I was writing that, um, and then basically. I think that Judd, when Freaks and Geeks got canceled, mm-hmm. had a like kind of Monte Cristo revenge mission. Like I, I'll show him. Uh, yeah, we were kind of, of a course. recurring theme, you know. You were wrong to cancel this show. I'm going to systematically make these people stars to show you how dumb you are. I think that that like really was part of the motivation. Yeah. Um, I think he also felt some responsibility because we were, you know, just out of high school or high school kids who he kind of plucked out and. Some people didn't go to school, you know, as a result of doing Freaks and Geeks. So that movie got made like the year after I wrote it. It was pretty season two of How I Met Your Mother. Okay. That's that's unbelievable to me that you wrote it that quickly and then got it made. And then again, you know, not to harp on this, but to have all of that success. It's funny because when you brought up Knocked Up, your character, there were so many original takes in that movie. And the way that your character talks <laughs> to Leslie Mann Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and and the way you talk about women's pregnancies and things, and it was so. It it it's it's funny because I found you to be really charming, and it's right on the edge of creepy. very inappropriate and creepy. But I still was delighted by your character. Yeah, and, it's, and also I could see the the women not being sure, like. Yeah. I, he's on the line, but he's also strangely comforting yeah. and lovely. You found my secret weapon. So, like, <laughs> I can walk the line between charming and creepy and, like, somehow land in charming. And we try to, like, I'm doing this new show, and we tried to, like, utilize that because it's a guy going through a breakdown. This is not a uh, segue. But we're trying, uh, this guy's going through a breakdown, and he's still practicing therapy on people. And I said to them at the beginning, like, Make him, you can push him into unlikability. I'm like pretty confident I can land him back in likable. It's uh, it's fun. It's like, it's fun to get pretty close to creepy. Well, I mean, you brought this up and, and I want to talk about it because you're playing uh, a shrink. You're yeah. playing, a, and, it, and the show is called Shrinking. Shrinking, yeah. And uh, it is, I mean, it's, it sounds like to me, what I've understood about the show so far is that you're doing the one thing that a shrink is not supposed to do which is because of your breakdown, you're telling, you're telling yeah. your clients, you're telling the people that you're treating exactly what they should do, as opposed to the classic, tell me how you're feeling, what do you think you should do? Yeah, this kind of exercise in keeping somebody in therapy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. Endlessly, like, tell me your problem and, and we'll just kind of pontificate on it. Um, there's a scene where I'm with Harrison Ford and we have this conversation that I think is really true. It's like true when you're talking to a friend too, who's like dating somebody terrible Mm -hmm. and you can see so clearly that they're terrible. You know, like just break up with the guy. You know, you can say it as a friend, but in therapists, I'm sure having that same experience, like, oh, I know how to handle this. Like (laughs) I could solve this like that. And so he just starts, he just starts doing it to varying degrees of success and failure. What, made you because I would, you know, you obviously have a lot of uh, clout and time. You can pick what you want to do. What made you say, this is it? Because I, there was it some of it, your struggle or, no, I wouldn't say struggle because everyone goes through it, but 
your own relationship to I want to be happy that made you interested in playing a psychiatrist? Yeah, I think it was that. And also um, after How I Met Your Mother ended and I did like a string of romantic comedies, I hit this period where, like I said, I realized I wasn't, wasn't whatever, everyone was telling me I had one life. I didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure it out. So then I started doing some dramas. I did a movie called End of the Tour that you and I talked about mm -hmm. on your show once, and I did a few others. And I delved pretty hard into drama and uh, and got, I, I like to think, pretty good at it. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but you're all so weird and funny. Like, you're not supposed to just throw that part out. And so then I got this call from Bill Lawrence out of the blue saying, hey, I'd like to make a show together. And when he and Brett Goldstein pitched me that, it felt like, the end of an M. Night Shyamalan movie when it all makes sense mm -hmm. because it's a it's a drama and a comedy kind of mushed together. This guy's going through the death of his wife and his own nervous breakdown, but at the same time, it has like big set comedy pieces. And I felt like, oh, if I'm going to do comedies again, this is, this is how to do it. It's like... You know, I, I do love that we're in this era. It used to be... Um, remember that? Was it like a fast food sandwich? I don't know if it was the quarter pound or something, but they said it, we keep the... The cold, cold, and the hot, hot. That's, that's the, the McDLT, McDLT, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. So, I'm sorry. Get with it. Uh, Get with it, dog. DLT. That's the McDLT, bro. Wow. Okay. What, why did everyone? <laughs> you both knew that. Why right did you both? Yeah. You both jumped down this my guy, throat. Yeah. yeah, because every As American if, should know that. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was Canadian. Yeah. And came here a few years ago. I didn't know that either, Conan. If it makes you yeah. feel better. Yeah, and you are the the, the queen <laughs> of fast food. Yes, yeah. I am. You are. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say I'm not from this country. So no. God, I would never do that. That's <laughs> terrible. That for sure. Terrible. You're from I almost said the it. island of Altadena. But anyway, um, a storm, a storm scarred island. Uh, but anyway, it keeps they keep the whole idea is like the tomatoes and the lettuce are kept cold. And yeah, the, we yeah. know how it works. No, excuse me. <laughs> God, it got hostile in here. Yeah. Anywho. The analogy I was trying to make is that we, there used to be an era where there's comedy and then there's drama yeah. and never the twain shall meet. And uh, I started recently as an exercise. I just, I don't know what came over me, but it was around the holidays. I thought, I want to start rewatching The Sopranos because I watched it oh, yeah. when it was originally on, but I want to see it again and try and figure out what made it so groundbreaking at the time. And one of the things that really hits me hard is it is, it can, it is so dramatic, but also so funny and you yeah. never know which is coming. Yeah. And, and and the comedy is really very funny. They don't indicate the comedy too much, but the characters are absurd. And some of the situations are, are absolutely laugh out loud, uh, you know, uh, insane. And then, of course, it gets extremely heavy. And I like that we live in this era yeah. where the two coexist. You can make a show that is... Um, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of like a show like Severance where there are times where I'm really laughing and then it couldn't be more deadly serious. I like that we're now in that world where that's allowed. Yeah, I feel like prime James Brooks was that very much. Yep, like yep. broadcast news to me, it's like a perfect movie. Yep. And even within one scene, Albert Brooks is like imploring Holly Hunter to see how much he loves her and, and, and to recognize it. And then it's filled with like comedic, assassination punchlines, you yes. know? Yeah. Uh, that's always been, I, I, to me, that's always been the sweet spot. Yeah, and, and, and almost Im, impossible to hit. Judd told me when I was writing for Eating Sarah Marshall, I asked him, because I pitched it to him first, and, and he said, this is a really good idea. My advice to you is write a drama. Because of the way you see the world, this thing is going to end up funny. Even mm -hmm. in the way you're describing it, it's going to be funny. 
write a drama, that's what's going to keep people interested. And if we need to layer jokes on top, we will. And I think that that's true. Like, I see the world funny. Even when I'm, like, having tough moments. Like, even when I'm getting dumped naked, I'm like, God damn it, this is funny. Right. And I, You can step outside yourself, see the silliness of it, and say, I'm going to record this for later. Yeah. Well, and I try to experience it that way, too, because uh, I don't know. Otherwise, there's a version of life being a real bummer. I mean, life's hard, you know? So finding the fun stuff is important. I don't think a, a, a day goes by when I don't realize that, oh, I'm using my sense of humor to cope. It is not my profession. It's actually just my coping mechanism that I somehow, uh, in a Houdini-like manner, yeah. <laughs> figure out a way to get paid for my coping mechanism. Yeah. Which for most people is like getting paid to drink. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> totally. Um, how old were you when you got Freaks and Geeks? I was young. I was like maybe 19 or 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's just just out of high school. It is amazing how that show is such a kind of Rosetta Stone in a way for so many great, I mean, not just a style of comedy, but uh, so many of the performers have gone on to be kind of pillars, comedic pillars and, and, and have these great careers. Yeah. It's fascinating that that happened. It is. Uh, I look back at that period and there are other like comedic groups who, I've had this, but I think that we really had uh, the biggest gift was we had the naivety of youth. Mm-hmm. Like we did not understand how hard any of this stuff is. Yep. And we were just determined to make the thing great. And then like Seth Franco and I would go to my house on weekends and rehearse alone, like unprompted, rehearse the scenes for the next week and improv them and like try every different version of them. I've never done that since. Like, you don't do that on a movie. Like, yeah, we can't get you out of your trailer. No, Harrison Ford's not coming over to my house and like run these lines. Um, but I think that there was something really, there was something really special about that about that period. We all, and then something else happened where because look, they did like an international search for freaks and geeks mm-hmm. to to cast that show. Like, none of us were even were even that focused on like an acting trajectory at that point. We were right. all just figuring figuring it out. Then when we realized it was going to be hard, this other thing happened where when one person would do well, they would put the other people in the other people's movies. And then slowly everyone's becoming a little bit more successful. And then everyone has their own movies. It was, it was really special. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you had started a crime syndicate. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Do you ever have, did you have, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you ever have uh interviews. I'm sure the answer is yes, but where it just like, it felt like the person was just not good at this. Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. What, how do you handle it? You know, I came to the conclusion at a certain point, don't try to make a circle a square. Meaning if someone's coming on and they're a terrific actor, I used to tell the segment producers, don't try to say, come on, what's your funny, what's your funny story where you bought the bathtub and it didn't fit yeah. and you took a shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> Chalamet. <laughs> Chalamet. <laughs> it's got to end where you take a shit. <laughs> um, you know, it just, but I, 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 I just, I, I came to this conclusion that if someone comes out and the audience can tell that I have real respect and reverence for them, yeah, uh, and we're and we have a conversation, um, sometimes you could hear a pin drop, 
And they would leave and go like, oh my God, I, that must have been terrible because there were no laughs. And I'm like thinking, no, people just liked hearing you. They, they liked hearing the conversation right. to try and make everything bada bing, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing, bada bing yeah. is a mistake if it's not there. Yeah. And if you have someone uh, who's talented in that regard and can do that, then fine. But trying to make things something they're not is very uncomfortable to watch in any medium, especially television. And, and that's what I left after all these years is, is what I learned fairly early on is don't try to, you know, don't have Anthony Hopkins on and then try through segment producing to have him tell 75 pre-prepared stories and jokes. Right. It's a waste of Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Um, talk to him and he'll be fascinating and he is fascinating. You want to know a weird thing? What? <laughs> it's so weird that you say that. I made friends with Anthony Hopkins really, mm -hmm. uh, like, briefly. Yeah, real and, prick, by the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, no I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, kidding. Randomly, <laughs> he would text me jokes. <laughs> really? Yeah, I would just get these jokes from Anthony Hopkins, like, written out, like, like from a joke book. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a weird detail of my life? That's so cool. <laughs> I, but it's just so funny, too, that... Boy, you really blew it with your segments with him. Man, you could have had some good I jokes. blew it! <laughs> yeah. He, like, really likes, like, old... He, I remember, he jokes. kept asking me, when should I go to the dentist? What time? And I'm like, Sir Anthony Hopkins, you're a great actor. You should go You should go to the dentist anytime you want because you're such a great actor. And he'd go like, no, Conan. What time should I go to the dentist? It really was like that kind of... Kind of and he sure. just wanted me to say yeah. 2.30 and I wouldn't yeah. do it. He loves it. Oh, and you love that joke. Oh, yeah. it's such a good joke. Because if your tooth is hurting, <laughs> yeah. you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, thanks, Sona. <laughs> You're always there for me. <laughs> I'm, a good, I'm a good hype woman. I'll tell you something. And I, I, There's a restaurant my wife and I go to. and um, it's Is it McDonald's? <laughs> it's not McDonald's. Yeah. You don't get that McDLT. Either. I don't get the McDLT. <laughs> it's canceled. So is the McRib. They just pulled it. Oh, you yeah, know what? That, I canceled. That should like, be. Oh. Oh. No, I thought you said it was canceled because it yeah. said something. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. It said something yeah. about racial strife no. that was totally uncool. <laughs> said respect it turns out, <laughs> <laughs> Today, the McDLT uh, said some stuff about <laughs> sexuality. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, wait, we go to this restaurant, my wife and I, and this is unbelievable, but like we're, oh my God, there in the corner is David Mamet. And we've seen him a couple Whoa. of times and it's David fucking Mamet. Yeah. And we're just, you know, both revere this man. And he's, uh, he's, you know, it's that classic thing of he's doing, he's the real talent. You know, he's doing the, re he's writing mm -hmm. the, these, he's written these great works that will endure forever. And I remember one night he came over to say hi to us and he started to, started telling me jokes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is fascinating to me <laughs> that David Mamet has a bunch of jokes and saw me and thought, well, that guy, I'll try yeah, them out yes. on that guy. Oh. And and, uh, and it was really fun, but he was sort of doing it like a standup. And I, I, I loved it. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. But at the same time, I thought this is really funny how everybody's intrigued. It's that old saying, not that the grass is always greener, but they're intrigued. So there's part of him that was intrigued by that whole, oh yeah, that joke telling thing. That, there's that guy over there. I know he does this. I'll, I'll go over and I'll, I'll do some of that. Yes. It's, well, I think we all feel like 
we have unseen parts of ourselves that people don't appreciate. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, there was, okay, this is reminding me, uh, I don't know when this airs, but just days ago, we lost uh, one of the great guitarists of all time, yeah. Jeff Beck, passed away. And I was talking to a musician friend of mine, and he was saying, did you ever meet Jeff Beck? And I thought, I don't think Jeff Beck was on our show as a music guest, but I do remember one time where I came out, I used to warm up the crowd myself yeah. in the early 90s. I'd go out and I would warm up the crowd and actually like break a sweat warming up the crowd cool. myself. Not so cool because then I'd do the monologue. No one in America saw that part. I'd start the monologue and I looked kind of sweaty <laughs> and damp and people thought he's a nervous wreck. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, I just warmed up the crowd, but no one knew. Anyway, um, I'm in the crowd warming up the, the crowd and there was even a part where I used to sing Elvis's Burning Love as like a joke and people really like liked it because it was so over the top. And I'm doing it and I finish and I'm like down on one knee and Jeff Beck is sitting in the crowd just to watch the talk show. Oh my God. And he had, I think, like stood in line or maybe nobody. No way. I don't know, but he went to see the show. And so I'm freaking out the whole show. We get through it. At the end of the show, I'm talking to him out in the hallway and he's saying things like, must be great to have a talk show. <laughs> and I said, what? Oh and he gosh. went, you, you know, get to have chats with all kinds of people and you can try. And I was like, you're Jeff Beck. Yeah. You're what we all want to be. And he'd be like, eh. And he was sort of shrugging it aside like, yeah. I know I play a little guitar, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, to be able to have different entertainers and you chat with them and then there's a commercial and then you come back and then there's more of you chatting and it's just a nice milieu. <laughs> I love I'm it. Like, no! I would love to hear him describe the McDLT. <laughs> <laughs> they keep the cold, cold and they keep the hot, hot lettuce, tomato, <laughs> sesame seed bun. <laughs> and then he goes to the McDonald's training facility where they came up with it. And they're like, fuck, you're Jeff Beck. I mean, you are original. I mean, Yardbirds and the, I mean, you're just the original. Good God, it's you, Paige and Clapton. That's it. Hold on. <laughs> that may be so, but you can't. Someone had the foresight to make the tomato crispy and cold by putting it in its own container. But still, each chamber has its own integrity to preserve the varying temperatures. You're right. Let's call it even. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about, I just want to make sure I get the word out on shrinking. Yeah, sure. It's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Super cool. Ten episodes, of course, uh, and it's executive produced uh, by you and uh, Ted Lasso's co-creator, Bill Lawrence, and uh, star writer, Brett Goldstein. And it drops on the 27th. I say drops. That's cool. Because I'm out there in the yeah. streets. That's and cool, I know man. how people talk. That is cool, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. know they're listening to Kid and Play right now. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's doing Criss the- Everybody's doing the crisscross. They're all doing the worm out there in the playground. Oh, and sure. um, Shabadoo Shrimp is coming by in half an hour. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, you know, it's so funny. This is called uh, Conan O'Brien. He's a friend. And 
And this is one of those moments where I'm thinking, why aren't we friends? Right. I'm ser- but seriously, yeah. like I, I know the area you live in. I could come over there. I would love that. Uh, and um, <laughs> that's a weird way to say it. That's that? such a weird. I know the area you live in. I can come over there. I know. You know, when I say this to women, they get all upset because <laughs> yeah, it's and weird. then a publicist calls. Yeah. I know your gate code. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So weird. Come on. Well, is that a weird you thing get to say? So close, and then you say, "I know the area you live." Yeah. I could just come. I could just come over there, and I did that a lot in my. I said that a lot in my twenties, long Aww. before I was even interviewing them. Yeah, it didn't go well. I thought it went great. <laughs> I thought it went great. Don't let them bully you. Thank you. I'll show them. You know what? When I say, Jason, when I say I'll show them, it's, it's these them. two assholes right here. Yeah. I'll show them. There's always a gorly circling around my head, and I'm like, I'll show him. He thinks I'm nothing. I'll show him. Uh, it is so nice uh, talking to you. You too. You're, you're, you're so uh, crazy talented, but you're also uh, humble. Thanks. And a sweet soul and honest about all of it. So um, I will I'm coming to your house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to surprise you naked. Yes, it's on. Because oh, I got a surprise. I think men for should you. start doing that with men <laughs> and not making it a whole sexual thing. That's right. That's cool. That's yeah. Right. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. Well, I hope not. I've done it a lot. Oh. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk. All right. No, no we don't have to. We're good. No, no, no we're going to talk. <laughs> I think that's all I need to know. Hey, Jason, seriously, thank you so thank much. Thank you so this much. It's been a fantastic time. Yeah, awesome. way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people 
who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn <laughs> members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Mm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey, earlier in this episode, we were talking about hearing loss. So we yeah. thought we'd just on the fly try to test out some frequencies and see where we're all at. Are we prepared to do this? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can I turn my headphones up all the way? Is that Oh, tedious? I wouldn't recommend it. We have oh. to. Okay, uh, Eduardo, you're Wait. the one, I think, who is captaining this. What What have you done? This is kind of unofficial, but I just got curious and I looked up on YouTube how to conduct a hearing test. And so somebody posted a hearing test that I imagine is going to play different frequencies. You'll okay. hear a, a long beep. Uh, I think the scenario is you have to hopefully hear these. Okay. Uh, as it gets higher, typically people start to lose their What's hearing. your degree in? <laughs> Audio engineering. Okay. That's, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's yeah, all that's the doctor good. I need. <laughs> you guys, we all have to put our headphone monitors to the 11 o'clock position. A extra credit for anybody who can guess what hurts it is. Oh, oh fuck you. Wow. <laughs> it's Mario. Since you brought up the- 11 o'clock, meaning so just off, off of- Yeah, just okay. left of center. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so here's a quick test hurts. just to make sure- that you guys are starting with the same control. Okay. That's, Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We okay. hear that. Now, how loud- Said to kill the president? From your, from your volume <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> from your volume standpoint, did that feel like too loud? Too or loud? loud, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll so does loud. it just keep going? It'll and keep do we... going. It's going to get higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was just oh. the beginning, Sona. I'm I get a... so nervous. I feel like I we're taking a, a real test. We are. Well, in a way we are. What could be more real than a test of our own health? I'm All right. Being... Here we go. One, one with consequence. Oh. Got it. Hear yeah. it? Feel good about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. The call you've tried to make is not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is a test, guys. Okay. Got it. Uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but got it. Ugh. Yeah. I hear it. I got it. How many of these are there? We're, we're not even halfway there. Shit. Yeah. Sure. <gasps> okay. Ugh. Got it. I hear it. T's ready. Ugh. Yep. Got it still. Ugh. Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of us is going to be the first one to go out? <laughs> I think we all know. This feels like Russian roulette. Uh-huh. Yeah. Got it. Conan? Conan? These all sound like you suck to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still here. Yes, I still hear it. Keep the jokes coming. Yeah. This is like the time we said a hi back and forth <laughs> a bunch of times. Yeah, only much shittier. <laughs> I got that one. Too. Yeah. Got this. Got it. I'm feeling good so far. I'm yeah, hearing all of these. We're not halfway doing it. Shit. That. Okay, just Eduardo, don't be the okay. voice of doom and gloom. Yeah. Still in. Why can I hear you? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Still here. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling good. We're not halfway. Stop it. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's getting up there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's quiet. Is it quiet to you guys? Is it quieter? I hear quieter. it just fine. 
This is not a bragging thing. I hear that yep. one. I hear yep. it, but it's loud as a bell. Starting to sound like airplane <laughs> background noise. Okay. Uh oh. That's gone. That's I, gone for me too. Uh, it's gone. <laughs> okay, so we all went out at the same time. None of us are dogs. None of you are dogs. No, you got all the way to twelve thousand hertz. What does that mean? In fairness. Well, so the human ear. See, now I'm getting too, too brainy no, that's about okay, it. That's okay. That's okay. The human ear is is conditioned to hear up to twenty thousand hertz. Uh, perfect ears. Anything past twenty thousand. But as you get older, it goes down from twenty thousand wow. to about sixteen. Well, now I feel like shit. Wait, can so you hear? I'm the youngest. I can't, I can't hear twenty thousand. Eduardo, hertz. how old are you? Thirty-five. Okay, can you hear? We dropped out at 12,000 hertz. I can hear up to s about 17,000. So it's still playing for you right no, now? No, no, no. I oh. stopped it. Yeah. Eduardo, can you hear this? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but I'm younger than okay? everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but- I wanted better you, ears than you two. You, yeah, well, first of all, there's about 60 pounds of hair covering <laughs> your ears. <laughs> Well, to be fair, you've got very, <laughs> you've got very thick locks, beautiful hair. Thank this is a you. Compliment, oh, is it? But uh, very thick and sort of matted, not styled in any way. Wow, and then it's, it's, but it's uh, a compliment. Well, it is. Uh, but, you, but you have giant, giant curtains hanging over your ears. It's not like on my ears now, but I'm the youngest. I'm the obviously in the best condition Ex physically. Wait a minute, <laughs> Sona, you didn't take care of yourself. I've oh. known you for a long time, and you partied hardy for many years. Yeah, but, you know, I mean. You were in the clubs, weren't you? I was in the, why'd you say duck clubs? Do you always just say with a D-A whenever you say clubs? Whatever, if, you know, D-A, send me a DM. I know what the kids are talking about, and I, I know what time it is. <laughs> well, kids just, are uh, sending you DMs. <laughs> just so you guys don't go home concerned, I'm going to play the higher frequencies now. Okay. okay. To see if you can still Here we hear go. these. Yeah. No, and frankly, I'm not interested. I heard a little bit. Can you Wait a minute. Hear that? Wait a minute. Let me <clears> see. <throat> turn it off and then turn it and then point and turn it okay, on. Okay, here we go. Ready? Let's see if I can hear the difference. No. No, I don't, I don't hear, hear it either. And what's. Oh, I heard that. You could hear it, Sona? I could hear it. So that was 13,000 hertz. Oh. So I cut out. I, my cutoff is 12. About 12 and a half. Is where you cut off. Yeah. Um, How am I going to edit this if I can't hear anything over 12 <laughs> hertz? Sona, well, since you're still in this, can you hear? Yeah, I can hear that. I heard a little bit of that one. She's just lying. Yeah. I can't hear anything. That's 15,000 hertz. Wait, can you give me 13 again? I, I've... You, ha you, you can hear it. Here, here we go. Here's, here's 11.5. Okay. Here's 12. Wait, I'm not hearing I'm not any hearing 11.5 and You're I'm not hearing 12. Are you joking? He's I am 100% right? okay. hearing it too. That could be the headphones. We, I thought we no. already proved we heard 12,000 I'm going to turn the volume up to see if you hear it now. And okay. You'll, this, this will be the true test. And then get a get an audiologist on the phone. All right, here we go. <laughs> Here's 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's 10. 10. Here's 10. Yeah. And what's that? That's 11. That. That's 11, yeah. yeah. Hear that. All right. Yeah, I hear, hear that. that. That's we're at thirteen. But wait, you're just turning up the yeah. volume. I turned it up because you guys said a second ago you couldn't hear so it. So he's too, he's mimicking a hearing aid. Correct. Uh, hey. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? 
You know, what, you know what Gorley and I are going to do? Gorley and I are going to get those giant ear horns. Oh, the deaf aids? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that you and I would both love to go to a swa- to a, a vintage store yeah. and get really great old, you know they're out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm going to get two of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, doctor would be like, here are these like very discreet uh, hearing aids. And you'd yeah. be like, no, we have these giant cones. We have these eh horns? Yeah. Eh? The Kaiser did what? <laughs> Lindenberg accomplished who? Yeah, yeah. all you can do is hear oh. stories yeah. from the early 20th century. Who has the vapors? <laughs> For real, though, call your audiologist. Is yeah. that, is that, really? Is that when does it become problematic? Yeah. Is that a concern? I mean, when you get below 10,000 hertz. Oh. Wait, but we're not. We're, we heard 13. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We heard 13. Boosted. She was turned up. Yeah, I mean, it was way up. Yeah. Yeah. 13's a she? It is, because I (laughs) heard it. That's crazy. That's shit. That's cause for concern. But that's the high frequency. We can otherwise hear like human voices. Correct. Can we we check urine stream now? (laughs) (laughs) I'll let Blay take over. But how? I'm going to go to a different site than YouTube for that one. Mine is like an Arizona (laughs) Creek in in August. And can I urinate into a deaf aid? Yeah. Okay. You you lost it. It's just just dust. I lost it? How how are we going to check that you're going to... Pee right now? What I think there should be a little paddle wheel that <laughs> oh, you yeah. put in the urinal. It's like a little. I wish no. Let's this. get a model of a little cottage with a water. Yes, wheel. with a little water yes. wheel, and and there's like a little Dutch little Dutch people that are on the porch, <laughs> and then it installs in the urinal. You pee onto the water wheel, and if it plays a nice little song, ding 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 ding, ding uh, then you know no. that your stream is okay. It's a it's a grain mill, so if bread gets made. <laughs> <laughs> If, little, if, you, if you can if you can hear loaves of bread, if you can smell loaves of bread being baked, and the little people are waving at you, then you're fine. There's different models, and one's a hydroelectric plant, and there's yeah. a little village in the bathroom that the lights all go on. Yeah. I swear to God, this is an idea yeah. that could be marketed. It easily installs yeah. in the urinal or your toilet, and you check the power of your stream, and you watch all these cool little lights go yeah, on. Yeah, I want toilet bread. <laughs> <laughs> get, and there's a little voice that goes, get your toilet bread. Get your urine bread right here. Get your urine bread. Oh, no yeast jokes. That's a all right. That's a wrap. Oh. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Ah!
This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast. Listen every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.